are you doing? I'm just real goofy tonight, Tom. How are you? <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I feel like I'm trapped in a fun house and I can't get out. Yeah, there is some energy going on in this room tonight that... Uh, it's zany. It's zany. It's kooky. It's kooky. It's downright losing its grip on uh, on reality, if that's even a concept we want to subscribe to on this show, which I'm I not sure know. it is. And on that note, welcome. Oh, and yeah. thank you for listening to Do You Queer What I Queer. And that's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we're Dickwick. And thank you for tuning in. <laughs> thank you so much. But hey, wait. What? There's more. Uh, you you have things to do. We're going to ask you to do something right now. Oh, will you please? Please, can you please? Thank you, please. Will you please? Can you please? And thank you. And please, can you? Pretty please. Can you Sugar go? Sugar plum fairy, pretty please. With a cherry on top. And, and maybe some cream. peas? And some peas on top. And some trifle and a shepherd's pie. And spaghetti. And some whipped cream. Some coffee beans. And then go to the garage and masturbate? I don't know. I don't know. We're not sure. That's not... <laughs> That's not. <laughs> okay, wait. Do we have to restart this? No, 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 we're not. I just need you. No, we're not explaining. <laughs> no, we're not restarting it, but I do need you to explain to me and the listeners right now why you said go to the garage and masturbate. I honestly because wish. Because I'm really happy about it, but I need context. I honestly <laughs> wish that there was a psychoanalyst here because I genuinely could not even probe the depth of my brain to tell you where that came from. Um, I don't think I've ever masturbated in a garage. Perhaps it's a fantasy I have. Perhaps I just think it's fitting. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway, the end of that sentence was, uh, will you go and rate and review us on iTunes? It's really simple, easy. I swear it's so easy. You just have to be like, oh, five stars. And and then if it prompts you to write something, be like, Oh, I, I'm. This podcast is really cute and informative, and like, I masturbate in my garage. Do it all the time. <laughs> and then wait. Also, also, um, if if you don't want to do that, or if you want to do both, uh, tell a friend, tell some folks about this, yeah. or an enemy. We also tell, love enemies. We love enemies. Tell tell a frenemy too. And also, aren't enemies just friends that you hate? Yes. <laughs> this has been Philosophy Corner. Um, <laughs> What's going on right now, Thomas? We're having a cookies any night. Um, also, if you want merch, please check out our website, doyouqueer.com, or uh, send us a email at doyouqueer at gmail.com. That, that sounds redundant. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, probably Twitter, Patreon, and um, you can be like, hi, I just want a cute shirt, or I, I hate your shirts, and fuck you. We would love that, too. Yeah. Uh, we have... Uh, t-shirts we have tote bags we have mugs and we have stickers so totes get a tote totes get a tote <laughs> my friend cool. tom how are you tonight uh i'm pretty loopy doopy um i am uh hesitant to announce what we just saw but we will anyway probably when this airs there'll be lots of other things out about it yeah w- disclaimer we don't stick to anything that w- that it's happening in this time field right now. We just saw Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, um, who is uh, uh, campaigning to continue to be our Prime Minister, on an airplane apologizing for wearing brownface at a party in 2001. Yeah. And we're feeling lots of things. Yeah. There were tears. There was laughter. Um, we're scared about the outcome of this for many, many reasons. Yes, and, and for many, many people. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see 
the apology be analyzed. I'm really nervous to see how this impacts the election. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, Sorry, my cat wants to stop this recording because she has issues with queer people talking. She's uh, Andrew Shear in a cat suit. She she's <laughs> cat true Shear. No, I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone for that. Um, but yeah, this is this is uh, it's strange. It's strange at the same time to to see like what other politicians' scandals are versus yeah. like this scandal. Not that this in any way, shape, or form makes it like less serious or or okay at all, which it isn't. But it's just like. Um, yeah, this is very Canadian at this yeah, point. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know all of it, and I want to know it. It matters the comparative to the other, the conservative candidates. Yes, like, these things matter. We as like lefty pinko commies um, hold our leaders uh, to a very um, a strict level. And yeah. we should do that. Yeah. And we expect that from our leaders and that shouldn't change. Yeah. Uh, the the alternative is something much, much scarier. So that's where my brain is confused and scared and sad. Yes. And I thank, thank God that Trudeau said it was racist in the apology. Yeah. I was looking for that. I'm sure everyone was looking for that. Um, something that would have been fantastic would have been um, for him to address the reasons why it was racist or how it was racist. I understand that there's probably a hundred reasons why Trudeau's PR team told him to not do that. It seemed very calculated as it obviously should be. Um, but yeah, this anyway, anyway, we just <coughs> literally just saw it. So legitimately, I think yes. we're both still reeling from it. I know I definitely am because yeah. I'm acting like I'm trapped in a fun house. Yes. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the next few days roll out. And you already know, listeners, because you're listening in advance. Let us know your thoughts on it, to be quite frank. We would sure. love to hear from everyone. Um, so, okay, so in in living in this Can I just space, say, like, I just need to go, like, uh, this. It, it it's terrible. It sucks. He shouldn't have done that. That's terrible. He, it was very racist. Um, he a- admitted to it being racist. We're... It, we're living in a different time. I'm hoping that he's learned and that he cares for uh, uh, racialized citizens of Canada and that we're all working together to try to do better and educate ourselves and do better. And I fucking hate Andrew Scheer. I, I, I hate him so much. And that's what's making me so angry. I fucking hate him. He cannot be our next prime minister. Right. That's all. Right. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Um, I was going to say in, in like honoring this, this headspace that we're in right now, uh, before we go into our amazing episode with our amazing guests that we have this week, <clears throat> let's just be a little bit kooky. Let's just for a sec. Let's just sure. live in a kooky headspace. Do you have any kooky stories for me, Tom? Um, listen, I had a specific one that I wanted you to tell. Oh, about, sure. Um, a certain subway, a certain subway. Um, so I like, is it possible? I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, you can, we can definitely do that. Um, also, I'm just realizing, in fairness to our listeners, at the end of last week's episode, I briefly had told you, Tom, that um, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm identifying as uh, genderqueer and non-binary um, as well. So I, I observe he, him, and they, them pronouns for right. the time being. I obviously reserve my right to change that. Um, the thing that feels the best right now is genderqueer for me. Um, but <clears throat> Okay, great. Explain why. Uh, well, I've, I mean, since the inception of this show, I've been uncomfortable with being identified as a man and I've, I haven't had the right words. I haven't had the right words to, to explain it. And I haven't had, I had 
the time to feel the reason why. Um, and the more I grow, uh, and the more I, the more I explore the possibilities of my own gender, the more I realize that I don't in fact feel like a man. Um, and I'm the most comfortable when, when I am not being perceived as a man or when I'm being perceived genderqueer. Cool. Um, and then, but, uh, but my big issue with this, and I'm sure I'm not the only one out there is that, um, I haven't necessarily felt dysphoria, which interestingly enough, I have been recently when people say, when people have started to gender me as male explicitly, I've started to feel weird twangs, but that's not, that's not here nor there. Um, I haven't felt dysphoria in, in a profound sense. Um, but I had a friend say to me, like, you don't have to feel dysphoria to not, to not be cis. Like, those mm-hmm. like the, the that doesn't actually make sense right and it doesn't you don't have to be dysphoric um which is not to say that a lot of people don't experience that and it's not a very upsetting experience for a lot of people to go through this journey um and then other the other hand of this or the other side of this for me was like i don't want to take away from anyone anyone who feels like a great necessity to that identity category because for me it's kind of like a like a sliding into it's it's a slowly getting comfortable in this in this skin um but I, it's not like I'm, I'm exploring right now. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, it makes perfect sense. And I love that you said that. Cause I was, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. About, uh, the people who experience dysphoria and if you think that it lessens their plight or whatever, but I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Which is the reason and why is the answer and it, and it doesn't matter. And it's the reason why I'm not like coming out as non-binary in this kind of grandiose sense is cause I feel like, yeah, I feel like I might, I I might not need that for myself at the very least, yeah. um, and I and I worry about the the politics of representation around myself having that identity. Um, but at the same time, and I think all that really fucking matters is that's how I feel. Right. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> I love that. I love that for you. That Thanks. Really but uh, <laughs> I actually do, and I've had similar thoughts and feelings to you, and uh, you, well, you and I are very different. And I, I am happy to sort of um, retort that I've also felt uh, weird with masculinity and being called a man and being a man mm-hmm. in this world, in this society, in this time right now. And my, my sort of hope is that by identifying as a man and like, hopefully changing masculinity from within it. it that's sort of what that's where I th- kind of feel like my lane is totally. So I'm cool. I, it's cool that we're both sort of feeling the same things, but approaching it differently. Totally. Yeah. I, I get that. And I, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm, there's a lot for me to process. I'm still like, I'm figuring this out, but I'll be honest about it cool. as I do that um, is all I can promise. Um, Thanks for the fucking promise. Okay, let's get to a fun, goofy story, though. So, a certain subway. Uh-huh. Um, so, when my partner Timothy and I were in New York, we went out to a club one night. Um, it was really fun. We did a lot of poppers and danced, and um, we're just being little, like, like slutty little faggots, basically. Um, That's your raison d'etre. Exactly. Made out with a few people. Um, <laughs> and... This one guy we were making out with had left the bar and then messaged us hours later and was like, hey, I actually live around the corner. I think. I don't remember. I'm piecing things together. Can from- I interrupt? Please. Uh, was there anyone else of significance that you were making out with that night? Okay. So 
bracket that i was making up something just okay, okay, just okay, i was okay, getting there okay. um so we go to this so we go to this guy's house he lives around the corner uh he lives in a tiny two-bedroom apartment there was three people in this apartment himself being one of those and then my partner timothy and i were also in there so now it's five and it was so unbelievably awkward because they know they know that we're gonna go fuck the shit out of each other um and like they all they all share a wall like everyone obviously was gonna have to hear it oh you're toming so we i was toming so we started having sex <clears throat> it's fun i think i was wasted uh i of course end up bottoming again hey guess what had i douched no i certainly hadn't no that's not your flavor i do do that i promise you no, this is not a theme so. this is not i don't appreciate you lying but i'm continue. going to fight you tom <laughs> um hadn't douched he pulled out and I was like, I'm just going to go shower and like, let's figure this out. Um, so I sneak by his roommate that's sleeping on the couch. Who's on Instagram pretending like she's not listening to me get railed within inches of my life, which she certainly was. Um, I get into the shower and boy that we fucked that night. If you're listening, clean your motherfucking shower. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's New York. Is it? I thought that fucking venom was going to crawl up my leg and take me over. It was so terrifying in that place. Um, is there a chance that he is listening? I have no idea. It's, okay. it's honestly possible. Clean your washroom. It was... Jesse's nodding. Okay. You're great. But like, what is this? Do you really okay. live like this? Um, went back to his room. Fucked. It was fine, except for the fact that like, <laughs> I don't, I don't usually do this. I usually can read social cues if like, if like, I'm going to take too long to come, I just won't and I'll leave. Um, I sat there and made them both wait while I jerked off for like 25 minutes. Like it must have been 25 minutes. So obscene. So superfluous. There was no reason. Why? Tom loves this right now. This is Tom's favorite. He only gets off by making people wait 25 minutes for him to come. Probably. He's pointing. I'm right. I just hit the nail on the head. Um, but if it was by 25. You mean seven. It was bizarre for me at least. It only took that long. So I was so fucking drunk. Right. Right. Um, so then, so, and then it ends, it's five 30 in the morning at this point, we are deep in Manhattan, our Airbnb we were staying with, our Airbnb (laughs) we were staying at, um, was all the way back in Brooklyn and, uh, it was like an hour and a half transit and also an hour and a half Uber, but the Uber was going to be $130. So we were like, Hey guy who we just had sex with, can we stay in your bed? And then he like. I've never been shuffled out of a place before like this. So typically, but we got like, well, you know, I got an early morning and I'm really tired. And it was honestly funny. Like my partner, Timothy's like, just tell us to get the fuck out and we'll go. He's like, yeah, yeah, I think you should go. So we stumble out at five 30. <laughs> we can't afford a, a fucking taxi back. So we have to navigate the subway system in New York, which as tourists uh, is not an easy thing to do, especially at five 30 in the morning, especially when you're just walking in on a random street. Um, so we kind of figure it out. There's this woman in the subway, this like younger black woman who comes up to us and sits right beside us. And she seems afraid and I'm assuming it's out of safety. So we like strike up a conversation with her. Um, we're chatting. She's really nice. It's fun. She's a local. And then Timothy goes just out of curiosity, like, are these subway lines safe at night? She goes, Oh no, no, no. Oh no, not at all. That's why I have my scissors and my glass bottle, but this is my stop. So bye. And then gets off. Um, so at this point, Timothy, being an anxious bear, is freaking out. He's a pen in his hand. We decide to sleep in shifts for the hour and 15-minute ride home. I sleep for five minutes, and then I can't sleep anymore. And Timothy's, like, rolling in and out of sleep, holding his pen up. Viewers can't see this, but I... Viewers. Listeners can't see this, but I'm shaking my head. 
<clears throat> vigorously. It, it happened. Yeah. We let it happen and it happened. Yeah. Um, but I guess like the crux, like the orgasm of the story is that I don't know what I was feeling, but I felt really like upset with myself or ashamed. Maybe I didn't love the sexual experience. I, it was, it seemed rather performative and um, like we not, I guess we recently had started dating um, our boyfriend. Now the third person in our thruple and what, what we did was by no means a breach of our, um, like, our guidelines as a thruple. But I, like, didn't I didn't like that I did it. I didn't love it. I kind of, like, wish that it was the three of us instead of this, like, stranger at a bar. I was just feeling all these emotions. I was also wasted. So I proceeded to sob for the remaining hour of the subway ride. I have a face full of makeup. <laughs> I'm in heels. I'm crying. There's people just staring at me. And I had this weird, like, moment where I didn't care. I literally didn't care but anyone seeing me and I just fucking sobbed the entire ride home. So it was really fun and flirty. Oh boy. Do you love that for me, Tom? I don't. You hate it? I don't. I no, no, actually I do. I just know like you're, you told that story really well. And I, I know that fucking feeling all too well. It was, I it, hate it, so much. it was like a big, I hate it so much. Dark tangle in my stomach. I couldn't yeah. figure out why I was crying. And the morning, like in the daylight, the day after, it's like, this is unholy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I immediately have to take it back and I immediately need it to be funny. That's my only way of coping and things like that is like... Well, you're preaching to the priest right now. Right. Narrativize it. Are you sure you want to go with priest, Tom? (laughs) Um, Um, Also, that whole story reeks of venom too, by the way. Thank you. I feel very venomous. Um, Real, real fast. So the person that Tom was prodding me to talk about making out with... Uh, another night in New York, Timothy and I were at a different club doing poppers, making friends when, and this is a, this is a queer club, like obviously queer. Again, I'm in jelly high heels. I have a pink crop top on. I have a, a, a luminescent purse. So I don't, I'm not sure why anyone would ever think I was straight. That being said, this, this woman starts making out with Timothy and then making out with me. And like, we assumed it was fun and flirty. I don't know. I don't know what, what this person thought was going on, but we go out for a cigarette. We all keep making out the three of us. And I don't do this. Like I'm not for any reason. I just don't make out with women usually. Um, And then this woman looks at Timothy and goes, wait a second. Are you guys gay? But like, seriously, like I think she seriously maybe thought that we were going to go home together. Well, it makes sense. Once you finish the story. Wait, why? Oh, uh, you're such a beast. Um, Listen also, Hey, if you're listening, you're fantastic. Um, it's just really funny because so I'm from Sudbury, Ontario and we're chatting and this person's like, Hey, are you from New York? I'm like, no, we're from Sudbury. And she's like, Oh my God, no way. I'm from Oshawa. So of all people to have made out with in New York, made out with a, a woman from Oshawa, which Ontario listeners, you'll understand. It's hysterical because you feel like you're in a foreign country doing foreign, fun, sexy, cute things. And then it's, a person from Oshawa, which again, no offense to you or anyone from Oshawa, except very much offense. Like, Tom Oshawa is is the you know the crotch of the country. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking. There's terrible. a lot of bold statements happening on this episode. I, it's funny because like at my brother's wedding, when I spoke, I made fun of Oshawa a lot. Like it had it was sort of the crux, the thesis of my speech. It's Oshawa based humor. He has a bunch of um, Oshawa friends who are beasts. What's Oshawa known for? Um, Club 717. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that was a uh, good callback. I don't know. Uh, 
beasts. Beasts. Like okay. white, middle class, trashy beasts. Sorry, I Oshawa. would fit in fantastically in Oshawa. I don't think so. I think it's too heteronormative for oh, you. Oh, that's fair. Um, anyway, those are my stories. Tom, do you have a fun, flirty, kooky story? Just to keep us afloat right now. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I am going to, I was going to tell a different story, but I'm going to mirror yours really quickly. When I was in Manhattan and I was like at this club, I think it was called Splash. Cute. And I was like cute, 21, twink, like twinkly blue eyes, living my like cutest twink bottom life. And uh, was there a mermaid kidnapped in the center of the club, perchance? <laughs> was Eugene Levy there? <laughs> Might I ask? Wait, what? Is Eugene Levy in Splash? I'm pretty sure he is. I don't know what you're talking about. Splash What's is Splash? the film that it's it's like a classic where it's well Is it a classic? Well The Shape of Water is a shot for shot remake of Splash, but with a fish person instead of a mermaid. <clears throat> anyway, that is relevant to your story in no way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. Continue. Uh, damn it, I ruined your joke. I'm sorry, yes. Continue. Eugene Levy was there, I fucked him. <laughs> Tom um, I met a nice gentleman. We went back to his house. It was like maybe one of the hottest nights of sex of my life. He was a um, NYPD uh, police officer. I'm absolutely done thirsting over imperialism, but you can... I, I, no, no, no. I am too. And I'm glad you chimed in because I, I wanted to mention that. Don't sip your wine knowingly at me. He <coughs> drank too much. <coughs> <laughs> um, and like at the time, I just basically did it for the pun so that I could say NYPD blew me. Oh my god, that took me way too long. It's fine. We'll edit out the pause. You got NYDP'd? Wait. Oh, NY- that's good too. Is it? Because I... Wow, I was NYDP'd the next Shh, time I saw him. Shut up. But anyway, so we fooled around. It was so hot. He was so hot. He was probably my age now. And I was like, a 21-year-old faggot. And then at 5.30 in the morning, he kicked me out of his place. He was like, you gotta go. And I was like, I actually don't know this city. I don't know where I am. I'm a young person and I don't want to go. And, like, we didn't have smartphones, obviously, because I'm ancient. Kicked the fuck out. And so I just, like, walked out onto the street and somehow found my way back to hmm. the hotel I was staying A police at. officer putting a queer person in danger? I'm really surprised, Tom. <clears throat> also, if you can't tell, I'm choking on my self-righteousness right now, everybody. So It's okay. You always choke. Um, <laughs> so then the next time I saw him, he came to Toronto to visit me, and I was so excited. We went to Buddy's. He bought me 17 Revs. I was living my best <laughs> twink life continually. Are you douching with the Revs I had in the a, bathroom? He had a friend with me, so I made a friend come with me. Let's call him Rupert. And um, we were going back to their hotel room at the Delta Chelsea. And <laughs> Rupert decided to go home. And I was like, no, you're, the whole reason I brought you was so that we could do this together. And so he left. And so I was NYDP'd by him and his friend. And I love his, that. And then he kicked his friend into the bathroom. He and I finished whatever. Oh, God, he was so hot. It was so hot. Wait, 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 wait. He made his friend wait while yeah, you like two came. Yeah, he was kind of over the threesome and told his friend to go wait in the bathroom while he and I finished. Why couldn't the friend have sat and jerked off in the corner? That's confusing. I don't know. And they never touched each other throughout, so I think it was just a friendly thing and, like... It was sort of like a compromise. Wait, sorry. Were you pig roasted or DP'd? Pig roasted. Okay. Sorry. True, 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 true. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've never been DP'd. Because they would have to touch if both their dicks but were in your ass. Unless you have a NYDP, cavernous. It's, it was worth it for the pun. I appreciate it. Was it. A stretch. I appreciate it. I'm just picturing. Not like my asshole. I'm picturing your ass being so loose. No. That you're being double penetrated without the penises making contact, which is one of the funniest images <laughs> I've ever had personally. I just, like a clamp in there. <laughs> um. A speculum. 
Anyway, the funny thing is, is that it, this was 4.30 a.m. again, and he was like, okay, you got to head out. And he kicked me out of his hotel room. Tom, why would you go back? City. Why did you go back? I would go back again if I still had his contact, but I moved out to Korea very shortly after that, and I lost all of our, like, I only had his phone number. That's for the fucking best. <clears throat> no, I love you. NYPD, if you're listening. Did you just say his real name? That? Yes, yeah. we do. Tom. What? I don't, we don't need to beep it. NYPD. Email me. No, no. Everyone is named. I'm allowed to say it. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you're listening, you absolutely need Jesse, to not. Jesse, what do you think? I'm allowed to say NYPD. No, he's not. Of course you're not, Tom. Anyway, if you're listening, you absolutely cannot interact you cannot interact. I don't appreciate this. You're cock blocking me. I don't appreciate you wanting to go back on someone who clearly does not care for your safety or well-being. Whatever. It's 12 years ago. He's probably dead. <sighs> What's going on? We have a really amazing guest coming up. We have such <clears throat> such a good guest. Uh, we had to Skype in with him because he was a goddamn American. Yeah. So so uh, this is somebody that I had met in Boston by attending one of their stand-up comedy shows. Uh, and we have Dylan Usher coming up. And you'll have to forgive the quality of the conversation because it's, it's Skype. It's yeah, fine. It's okay. Um, He's a comedian, a stand-up comic, a podcaster, an actor who's from Boston. He co-hosts, uh, co-hosted Yes Homo, which is a podcast with his friend Chloe Cunha. And he also hosts the Super Gay Comedy Fun Time at the Improv in Boston. And that's a Pride show. So check that out next year. Yes. Um, and also check out Yes Homo because it's still up on iTunes. Great. And uh, without further queer, enjoy uh, this amazing guest. Bye. Bye. Dylan. Dylan. Who is this calling me? It's your grandmother. (laughs) She actually does sound like that. (laughs) Dylan, come on home for dinner. We're just the two queers that you had to call the police on for uh, harassing you and leaving phone calls. Again? I know. I'm so sorry. We just need some more of your time. I just wanted your cookies. Have you heard about the word? (laughs) Have you heard about the word of Jesus? Uh, yeah, I'm not interested. Oh, She's all right. Sorry. For, all right, we can hang out. For fuck's sakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I should yes and. Sorry, sorry. Listen, okay, so everyone listening at home, we're sitting, not physically, we're calling um, Dylan J. Usher, who's a comedian, podcaster, and actor. Dylan, how are you? I am fantastic. Yes, how are homo. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we're good. Are you good, Elliot? I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing really, really good, actually, now that we're chatting. Yeah. It was a little rough going before, I'm sure. But now that you're here with me, I mean, what could be better? It's I, like soothing waters. I was having a terrible day, and then now all of a sudden I'm perky. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before we get any further, Dylan, yes. um, we're just going to check in with some colors right now, if that's okay with you. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I'm so interested to hear what your color your color of the day is. Tom, what's your color? Okay, my color is like a, a cloudy, misty, dense, foggy gray. Ooh, and I'm that just seems like, very, like, ominous, though. I'm, like, is everything okay, girl? No, no, no. I'm on a, like, oh. I'm on a canoe alone, but standing, and I'm oh. just, like, wading out into the grayness 
on like mm-hmm. uh, on very tepid sort of still water and in the distance i see what can only be my impending doom like death like literally death wow okay wow. So it's like it's like a dense doomy gray so at, at first i was like wow that's so like thoughtful and meditative and then you just went straight to dying so <laughs> i like i don't know if this is the usual tone here but I, <laughs> I just really like subverting expectations great great yeah great. Give, give him the old uh curveball there the heave ho we never want i anything. put the hoe in heave ho we never, want, we never want anything than what people are authentically. So Tom is wading into a foggy lake. Um, my my color today is like, you know the color of like, so a turtle shell, how it's like mottled and there's like yeah. maybe a green and like a lighter brown. Like a marble? Yes. Um, I am like the lighter brown of the turtle shell. Um, I might be sitting on the side of the lake watching Tom wade to his doom uh, and I might try and swim over. But you're too slow to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how I feel. I feel like protected on the shore and I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest. So I think I need a hand here. Out of my way, turtle. Dylan. <laughs> See, I, it's funny that you mentioned this because I was feeling very like sky blue today. Oh. And so I feel like the three of us are really kind of connected in this way where like you're in the water and then you're on the land and then I'm in the sky above you being like, no, don't go into the lake. I know it's like wet and stuff, but like you're fine, uh, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get high and paint a watercolor of this image later tonight. Please um, tag me on Instagram. I would love to see. <laughs> That's fantastic, Dylan. Where the hell are are you calling from, or are we calling you from? Uh, I am in my dining room in Boston, where I live. In fact, I don't live in the dining room. I live in my bedroom. But uh, I am here in Boston, yes. Boston! They're really famous for their clam chowder and their sports teams and their straight pride. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't even get me started. I mean, get me started because it's really funny. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Maybe before we get started on Straight Pride, can you talk a little bit about what you do as a comedian, queer, activist, cute Uh, man? So I I am a queer stand-up comic. I've been doing comedy for about four years here in Boston and traveling around. Uh, I've been doing some festivals and some book shows, you know, out um, in the Midwest and LA and the South and all over. Uh, I actually just recently went to Montreal for the first time to do stand-up, which was really, really fun. Ooh la la. Yeah, I did I did this uh, I did this weed show, which was a new experience. Um, it was a show where everybody was high and it was really adorable because there were also like vendors there. So it was like, it was like a weed, like everyone was doing drugs, but also like selling cute things to do your drugs out of. It was like, oh. I'm really, uh, I'm really glad you had a positive experience at one of those because I went to one weed stand-up comedy show once and everyone was high, including the comedians. And one of them turned on an old lady in the audience and oh, everyone, no. and everyone was just too stoned to like step in and do anything. And it was, it was probably three minutes, but it felt like 45 minutes because I was so high, I was glued to my seat. Own up to this, Dylan. That was you, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry, what? That was you, wasn't it? Own up. No, I actually did okay. Fortunately, I well, I didn't actually have to smoke anything. Like, literally just walking into the room, I was like, oh, there it is, you know? Um, <laughs> I was also only, like, third in the lineup, so everyone was in the, like, happy high phase. And so I actually did very well. But um, yeah, towards the end, it was it was a little hard because I think everyone was just like 
you know, seeing all of the colors, if you know what I mean. Like, it was just, like, it was intense. But super, super fun. Um, anyway, yeah, I, uh, I've been working on a few different projects. Uh, I had a podcast for a while of my own uh, called Yes Homo, which is still available on iTunes if you want to go download it. Plug. Um, it is a podcast, was a podcast um, featuring LGBT uh, comedians that I hosted with my good friend and co-host Chloe Cunha. Um, and that was super fun. I am actually currently the producer for the Super Gay Comedy Fun Time. Yeah. Uh, um, Improv Boston is a theater here in Boston, uh, and they do an annual Pride show called Super Gay Comedy Fun Time. And it's actually coming up this Friday, which is so exciting. Right. It's going to be great. We are recording this on the 5th, and it's on the 7th, correct? Yes, that's right. Cool. So we'll have to just kind of update everyone and, and check in with you how that went. Yeah, absolutely. Cute. That sounds amazing. So what um, what is your comedy about? Like, what do you like to tell? Like, what, what stories do you like to tell? It's about me. Write <laughs> 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 what you know. <laughs> um, it is entirely about myself. And yes, I have probably done, you know, half hour, 40 minute sets talking all about myself. Um and yeah, I talk a lot about queerness, a lot about, you know, dating and hookups and relationships and apps and, you know, some observational humor and that kind of thing. But I really, what my, my absolute favorite place to be in comedy is like that towing that line where I'm talking about like grotesque sexual things without actually saying any of the words. That's like my favorite line to tow. Um, so it just like talking about just like being super upfront about sexuality and you know how it's made me who I am and what I've learned from it in a way I guess I don't know that sounds a little preachy. No, but, I love it. That in itself is so political. And yeah, I know I'm very political. Um, <laughs> I should also just update all the listeners. Like, so the the way that we actually met and connected was that I was um, at one of your shows in Boston. That's um, right. I believe yeah. this was like in February or something. And I'm pretty sure you singled me out when you were when you were telling a joke about apps. Um, I believe I did. Um, I so I do have a joke where I explain to heterosexuals what the different gay apps are and why and both why and how we use them. And I believe um, I believe I pointed you out when I was talking about Scruff. Uh, Scruff is one of the is the app kind of like in the middle of my like setup. And uh, and I and I try I tend to like point to somebody in the audience that I think it like would be on it and be like <laughs> oh you you've done well on Scruff or you would do well on Scruff and then if I think they're gay I tell them oh no you have done well and then I think you were sitting with your boyfriend so yes. I was right and, uh, and his, his parents I think which is even better no my parents oh. weren't there just just my siblings um, yeah 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 that's right that's right but I like I love what you said about like it that comedy revolves around straight people kind of being uncomfortable and like towing that line. Um, For sure. And I mean, not to stereotype or make grand gestures, but I feel like um, straight people in the States are also a certain brand of straights. Straights mm-hmm. in the States. Straights in the States. The, the, oh yeah. The state straights. I mean, there, there's, there's, a, there's a wide variety, um, but you know, there. For sure, they're, they're a bit of a different breed. I mean, I think the straights that I find here, um, they, they're, like super liberal but like also uh, 
like polite to a fault maybe so like especially audience because we were actually so we were actually in Somerville I don't know if this is interesting to anyone listening to you if they don't know Boston but Somerville is sort of like a like hipper town outside of Boston um and so you get a lot of like the hipster like I'm sure almost everybody in the audience was like a computer programmer of some sort like it was like (laughs) that kind of thing um which is fun, and then but then like sometimes they get so uptight because they're like, like, oh, I shouldn't laugh at this because that's fucked up, and I'm like, no, you should laugh at this because this is a comedy show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fun, and, like, like you know, like like, and that uh, is political. Like, like I know that you made a joke about being political facetiously, but that that really is a certain kind of politics that's important. And I think Tom and I um, push that line too far sometimes, and we turn a lot of straight listeners off or away because they feel like our humor is just totally inaccessible sorry yeah sorry um yeah fucking be sorry i guess (laughs) um i think yeah totally i think the way that i'm able to do it is that i focus everything on myself and i like i mean i mean that when i say it like you know i was sort of saying it jokingly because i'm you know self-absorbed and everything but like when you when you say jokes that you yourself are the center of it's really hard for someone to get mad about that right you know you're not painting a generalization of anybody else or you know making assumptions about everybody else you're saying this is the fucked up shit that happened to me and here's how i'm making it funny you know like one of the one of the like my oldest jokes that i talk about uh, i might I don't think that I did it on that show. It was my opener for like three years. Um, is a joke about so when I was a, when I was four years old, I had cancer and I was in the hospital and um, Whitney Houston came to visit me in the hospital, but um, passed me for a photo op because she thought I was too fat oh and like <laughs> <laughs> like you can't like. So the butt of the joke is that Whitney Houston's a bitch and now she's dead. But <laughs> I to make it about me and that's funny. Like you can't yeah. you can't not find that funny because it's just like ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Oh my uh, god. I definitely didn't see you do that one. Holy shit. Dylan, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering yeah, I was what... my opener for a lot for a long time cuz mainly because I like to say in my first, you know, 12 seconds on Stage that I'm a cancer survivor and have everyone clap for me because I feel very inspirational when that happens. You're so, so brave. I, <laughs> I'm so brave. <laughs> um, I think this is a, a good time to ask this question. Sure. Uh, it's what helped fostered your queerness. So what? Uh, what? What is the reason? Why do you stand up there and tell jokes? What inspired you to do that? Um. So I think, well, I think those are two kind of separate questions, but the queerness thing, um, I would say was actually, so I don't, I don't know if you both know this actually, but I used to live in Toronto too. Um, I went to U of T and, you know, did my undergrad and master's up there and I actually lived in Canada for eight years. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) I tried to stay, but your government didn't want me. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so, you know, actually what, what really kind of made me solidly queer was being in like being like 19 20 years old and having the village in Toronto and I know that there are so many issues with it and like you know pride is fucked up and the whole policing at pride thing is fucked up and like I get that but being like 18 19 you know newly quote-unquote an adult and like 
you know, being in a community that was just so there all the time. That's the first time I'd ever experienced that. And also I haven't experienced it since I moved back here. The, the, the village and the queer community in Toronto is, um, is something that I think re- is quite unique to, to that city. Um, you know, we just don't have, we don't have a village in Boston. We don't have a street or like a place you could go to and just like walk down the street and see gay people all the time. Well, I just, and, thank you for pointing that out. I find that we really take for granted what we have here. And it's important for us yeah. to hear you say this to really understand how lucky we are because it's true. The village is more or less a very safe place for us. Yeah, it's a, and it's a really special place, especially, you know, if you don't, I mean, I've always been pretty sure of myself. I, I haven't had a lot of like, you know, self-doubts or questions. I, I always used to joke to people that like, you know, when did you come out to yourself? Like I was literally 13 years old staring at a wall and I was like, mm, I think I'm gay. Yep, that's it. And like, that was my entire like inner conflict. <laughs> like, yeah. It lasted all of 15 seconds. Um, and I was like, wait, no, I do like Lance Bass's butt. So yes, I'm into this. Um, oh, by the Lance way, Bass's I will butt. say, I will say Lance Bass was the first celebrity that I ever had a sex dream about. And this was decades before he came out. Maybe not decades, a decade before he came out. So like, I know... I know how to spot him. Congratulations. That's really Thank special. You. You're the, you're, you know, the gay celebrity oracle, it seems. I am. I am. I we am. can all look to you. <laughs> Dylan, we also have a follow-up question to um, yes. what fostered your queerness. And the second part of that is um, how do you or how will you, how are you going to continue to foster queerness in others? Well, so I think that relates a lot to, like, the second part of what I was getting to of, like, not only what fosters queerness, but like what what makes me do the comedy that I do. And a lot of that is really just to be another voice to say, hey, this is what a queer person can look like. This is what we can do. Like, you know, I know, like, I, I try not to be kind of like overtly political or like alienate audience members or anything because the whole point of comedy and people will disagree with me, but I think the whole point of comedy is to make people laugh, which seems simple, but it's like, you know, you can get your political messages out, you can be a revolutionary person, but if you're a comedian, your job is to make people laugh, number one. So like, I'm not trying to alienate people, but I do really like to say, hey, have you ever seen a 220 pound gay man talking about, you know, I don't know, like the time he hooked up with a dude who had the same name as him or like, have you, you know, have you seen this guy who like should be a bear, but can't grow a beard talk about shaving his asshole, but not saying the words like, you know, like, like I just like being that voice of, you know, where it's, it's a, it's another narrative for people to see and, and, you know, laugh at, but also kind of learn about in a way. Um, I think that that's super important. So it's really just, um, you know, it's really about kind of like getting getting that story out there and getting my my own personality and whatever it is um, out in front of people so they can they can see it and like me. Hopefully, I love that. You, there's a lot of will you like me in comedy. Do you know, <laughs> like, do you know there's a word for a hairless bear and that's a gummy bear, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, 
I am not hairless everywhere, just on the face. And it oh, is I see. literally my biggest failing in life. Like, I, 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 <laughs> not, like I'm so upset. At least I'm, you're not too hard on yourself, though. <laughs> um, no, I do fine. I do just fine. But, like, I, like, I wish I could so easily be like, yeah, I'm a bear. And have people be like, uh, sure you are, you know? Like, <laughs> Just eye roll, hand you a gummy bear, you're like, sure. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to paint you in a box, by the way, I apologize. I no, bad. I've actually never heard the term gummy bear, so that, that I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a gummy bear that, like, fell on the floor of the barbershop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you maybe got a few licks in, so it, like, stuck to the bottom of it, but not the top. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I have a question, like actually twofold question. So the first part, I'm wondering if uh, through your standup, an audience member has ever come up to you and been like, I've never thought about that. Or like, have you ever had an experience that kind of validated queerness? First part. And then second part, just in general, like you've touched on this, but can you say what makes the queer show, the queer comedy shows queer, if that makes sense? Sure. Um, so yes, I for sure have had people come up to me. Um, sometimes it's very, very sweet. Sometimes it's so awkward, and sometimes it's just really funny. Um, I'm trying to think of a few examples. So um, when I tell my joke about cancer, I've definitely had, like, at least half a dozen or so people come up to me being like, you know, I am also a survivor, or, like, my nephew is also a survivor, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's so great that you're still alive. Thank you. You know, like, that that kind of thing. Um, I mean, they're nicer about it than that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, thanks for being alive or whatever. Get out. Bye. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Cancer alive guy. Yeah, so, yeah, I've definitely had, like, people come up to me, um, you know, saying, like, glad you've survived, whatever. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there's also been people who, you know, are going through, uh, like, treatment themselves or something like that. And that's always been really touching because... You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about doing those, like, fundraiser shows and that kind of thing. And it's like, I'm not your typical, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a cancer survivor, let me inspire you type person. And I, and not everyone's ready for that. Like, not everyone's ready to be like, yep, this is what you get when you beat cancer. You get a chubby, weird artist dude who fucks too many people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that should be your website bio. That's a disservice to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so that's been fun. Uh, I've had some very weird, like, uncomfortable things, mainly straight dudes coming up to me trying to prove how cool they are with it, you know? Yes, right. I love this. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Uh, I I think the the conversations that I have most frequently after my shows are, like, very, very in-depth, detailed conversations about anal sex with straight men. Ooh. Like, I would say at least 30, 40% of my shows end with a conversation like that. Of like, okay, tell me the mechanics of this. And like, does this actually like feel good? And like that kind of thing. I'm like, you should just try it. You know, <laughs> like just, just do it. Absolutely. <laughs> straight guys yeah. love it in their ass. But, they just do. Yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> Speaking from experience, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, uh, so second yeah, part of then, that. And then, uh, yeah, oh, I will say, so one of my favorite, like, quote unquote, fan interactions, um, this was, so 
uh, in January, I opened um, for Fortune Famester at the Wilbur Theater here in Boston, which was for sure like the biggest show that I have ever done. Um, it was a beautiful old theater. There were a thousand people in the audience. She, Fortune, is like an incredibly well-known, famous, talented comedian, um, and it was just amazing to get to work with her. After the show, I went out to the bar across the street with some of my friends, and these two. Uh, so. It, in my set, uh, one of the jokes, which I do think I did when you were there, um, I talk about the this guy I hooked up with who wanted me to smack him in the balls really hard. Yes. <laughs> so I wait. That. We hooked up. What? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Oh, 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 oh. Tom I was, was like, implying. Yeah, no, that, that story is 100% real. Uh, <laughs> so, but this is this is what was so funny is like, I'm sitting there in, in the bar. I had just done the biggest show of my life, probably ever in my life. And um, these two drunk girls come up to me and my like 10 friends that are with me. And they're like, oh my God, you are so funny. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, that's really sweet. Thank you for like, helping me show off in front of in front of my friends like this is really cute and they go I have to ask you one thing and I was like oh god here it goes and like I talked about a lot of stuff I had a 25 minute set like I talked about cancer I talked about apps I talked about dating I talked about my relationships and exes and and the one thing they wanted to know about was did I actually smack that guy in the balls? <laughs> <laughs> and what's the answer? Of course I did. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, that's so good. He owns a hair salon at the end of my street, and I see him all the time, and I don't think he knows that I have a joke about him. And it is it has been my closer like since we hooked up two years ago. I'm gonna find <laughs> I'm gonna find that salon. I'm gonna email him this episode and then he will know forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna out you. Um, yeah, so I was wondering if you also could speak a little bit to um, the the queerness behind queer comedy shows. Like, what makes oh, it such? So when I run queer comedy shows, I mean, number one most important thing is that our performers are queer. Right. Um, you know, that, that I think is, like, the number one, you know, um, just to provide a voice where you're not the only one or, um, you know, the audience, like, I actually think there are, I've talked to a lot of queer people who, you know, have been turned off by comedy as, as a whole because of how like sexist or homophobic or fucked up it can be. And what I love about doing queer shows is that I've actually had people come up to be, come up to me and be like, this is the one show I feel comfortable going to, and I have a great time every time I every time I do. Aww. Because I I know that I don't have to keep my guard up and I can actually laugh at the jokes that are cut that people are saying, you know? Um, and so that's a really important thing for me. I think that to be able to kind of foster that space, um, you know, either in like a monthly format, which I did for a while, and now Chloe, um, my my former podcast co-host, uh, she now runs our monthly queer show. Um, you know, it, it's just so important to be able to do that and um, to provide newer queer comics stage time and the ability to get in front of real audiences who are supportive and into what, they're, what they have to say. I think that's just so important because so much of the time we're 
um, excluded from the general, you know, conversation or were the token. And yes. granted, don't get me wrong, anybody who's listening, I fucking love being the token queer. Like, <laughs> let me tell you, it makes my job so much easier. <laughs> well, and like you, um, I believe like there was maybe, yeah, there was a couple queer people, I think, on, on the panel of comedians that you uh, performed um, with that night, but but there is something to say about like as a queer audience member being able to let your shoulders fall just that little bit more um totally, yeah because comedies yeah can be really fucked up like you said yeah i love yeah, that answer yeah it's really um it's really something that especially people who are newer at this just don't understand the difference between like hey i'm saying something edgy and hey i'm just being fucking rude and offensive like, yes, yes. People, people do not get that and that, it's it's yeah. shocking sometimes and then you get fucking straight pride so <laughs> oh my god direct yeah. line we okay so yeah. we we have some questions for you dylan okay tell me are you ready it's a little I queer so. lightning round are you puckered are you douched I always <laughs> perma douche gummy bear <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Tom... I don't even like, <laughs> know what to say that. Tom, kick it off. Um, Dylan, what's your pronoun? He, him, his. What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. I, I feel like everyone says that, sorry, but it's true. It's the best. Honesty wins. Don't be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite swear word? Fuck. I mean, sorry. <laughs> we just did that. I meant what's your favorite body part? Uh, butts. What's oh, your yeah. favorite movie? Mean Girls. Yes. What's your favorite <laughs> mythical cre creature? Ooh, um, probably the centaur. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's so gay. Wait, are we like matching right now? Are we having an OK Cupid moment? Like, is this <laughs> happening or? You're actually matching with both of us. Like uh, uh, every other question is a bit strange. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the third person in the room is Tom's second Gemini personality, um, and it's just hitting all of the marks there. <laughs> True. Um, okay. What else? Is what? that it? No, no, you're not done. Oh. What is your favorite noise? Mm. <laughs> Who's your celebrity crush? Ooh, um, uh, in the past, it certainly was Lance Bass. Uh, <laughs> it, um, now though, gosh, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, I'm a little too self-absorbed, I think. I think I just like myself. You can say yourself. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Of course. I want to be a celebrity, so let's yeah, do yeah. that. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Um, who is your queer icon? Um, I would probably say Margaret Cho. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I know. She's gone off the deep end a little bit recently, but I'm oh, staying with her. She's okay. the best. Um, what do you wish you knew more about? Um, probably baking. That's an important one. Um, I think I, I think I wish, I wish I knew more, um, about like politics and the goings on in the world. Um, but also that I didn't have to go through the existential dread to learn about it. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. Like, That's I, like I, I wish I just kind of like knew what was happening so I could talk about it better, but not have to go through the process of learning it. That's the fucking always <laughs> tension. Um, so yeah. what would your friends say is your best quality? 
Um, well, I'm I'm not friends with nice people, so I don't know what they would say. But <laughs> I'll go with my I'll go with something easy. My sense of humor. Cute, very cute. Yeah. What are, uh, why not? What are you most grateful for? Um, I don't know. Living, living life, and being able to live the life I want to. Amazing. What do you hate about straight culture? <laughs> Crocs. <laughs> Crocs. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> okay. What's your queer superpower? Oh, okay. I, this is a good one. I. <sighs> I'm embarrassed to even say this. Okay. I can tell a guy's dick size based on his jaw shape with her, like amazing accuracy. Wow. Oh my God. That's yeah. fucking amazing. to know that power. Did you get yeah. bitten by a radioactive dildo? <laughs> you know, honestly, Elliot, you lost your dildo? Been. 2004 was a very odd year. Like it could have happened. I don't even know, but... <laughs> Excited to read your comic. Um, <laughs> what is your biggest queer fear? My biggest queer fear? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I understand that. Like, like what do you- as a queer person, um, what strikes fear into your heart, um, like pertaining to your queerness? Oh, I see. Um, uh, well, I certainly have a lot of anxiety around, uh, like like a gays and that whole culture Mm -hmm. um the sort of like pristine masculine muscular circuit culture like it it makes me seize up so fast when i have to kind of be involved in that yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. and and i just yeah i i hate that (laughs) yeah i second that it's corrosive it's hard it's hard as someone who's around a lot of a gays a lot it sucks um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I, like I wish, I wish it didn't, and like, I want to be this like solid, you know, unified queer community and all that. But like, fucking bullshit. Yeah, you know? we got a long <laughs> way to go. Yeah. It makes me real nervous when people are like, "I won't talk to you without abs." Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, go fuck yourself. That's still misogyny. Um, and <laughs> what is your queer mantra? Hmm. Your mantra. Or you're from Boston, do you say mantra? <laughs> uh, what, do, what is my queer mantra? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. It can be literally anything. I feel like you've said a million great ones. <laughs> um, one more butt. I don't know. One more butt. It sounds like a Lay Miz song. One more butt. <laughs> one more butt for this gummy bear. Um, that was an amazing lightning round. You slayed it. We oh, thank you. Before we ask you what your double rainbow is, um, yes. we are. Can we just get you to plug all your stuff again? Talk about yes, your work. Yes, absolutely. So uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Dylan J Usher. Usher is U S C H E R. You can also find my website at the same place, DylanJUsher.com. Um, my now X podcast is Yes Homo. You can find it on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it still exists. Um, and yeah, I think that, I think that about covers it. Amazing. So we're just gonna go round table now. Um, we can start with Tom, and I'm just gonna check in with everyone's double rainbow. 
My double rainbow this week is that I watched Dawson's Creek. <laughs> For real. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Really cute. Joshua Jackson is, yeah, was has always been my perfect man, and it, nothing's changed. Oh. Oh, that's adorable. Um, I love that. My double rainbow is that... Um, okay, this is going to sound really odd because this is not a positive thing, but you know when something happens and you're like so happy for the story? Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah, sure. Last night, it's three in the morning and I'm wasted. I'm eating pierogies in bed and I start crunching on glass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still... In, in pierogi? I don't know. So there was homemade barbecue sauce. There was like in the pierogies, there was some hot sauce. So I feel like it either, it could have came from the lid of a jar. It must have come from the jar. Um, But then this morning I looked at my phone and I realized my phone case is shattered. So in my drunken state, I must have hit my phone on my plate and then ate the glass from my screen. Oh no. (laughs) So I'm still waiting to see if I'm gonna be okay, but that's definitely my, that's my double rainbow. Wow. (laughs) You are gonna be okay. Eating glass is like a queer, like, Rite of passage, in a way. That's true, and upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a bloody anus once in your life, like, you know, really. Then you're not living. Once, girl, try. I don't know. No, try once a day. I'm just like a a red cow. Uh, Remember one guy, one jar? You're that. Oh, no, no, no. Awful. (laughs) Um, Dylan, what's your double rainbow? Um, I'm trying to think of, of what my double rainbow is. I would so uh, I went to New York last week on a very very quick trip, and um, I had a lovely time. Uh, the I stayed overnight, and the morning before I got my bus back to Boston, I had a lovely time visiting a hipster bagel shop in Harlem and like walking in the park and in the sunshine, and it was just a very like. It felt finally like summer, and it was just a very lovely day. So I would say that's my double rainbow. A nice walk in the park. That's so beautiful. That's the ending that we all need, to Uh, be quite frank. Yeah, and a bagel. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, Dylan, thank you so, so much for this. It was wonderful to meet you and wonderful to talk with you again. thank you. I'm so happy to be a part of this. It was so much fun. Please come to visit Toronto. and Uh, Yeah, I need to come back. Do this in person. Yeah, we'll do this again. Realsies. Amazing. Okay, well, without further a queer, we'll see y'all next Tuesday. And see y'all. Bye. 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 Do you queer? 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 Do you que